Offensive line concerns are the name of the game for both sides of the football coming up between the Buccaneers and the Bears. That and more on today's episode of Locked on Bucks. Your daily Tampa Bay Buccaneers podcast, part of the Locked on Podcast Network, your team every day. What's up and welcome into this crossover Thursday episode of Locked on Bucks and Locked on Bears, your daily podcast covering the Tampa Bay Buccaneers and the Chicago Bears, part of the Locked on Podcast Network, your team every day. I am James Yarko, Deputy Editor of SB Nation's BucksNation.com and one of the hosts of Locked on Bucks, joined by Lauren Cox, the host of Locked on Bears. You can check out both of us on those shows five days a week, as well as on Twitter. I'm at JRco underscore Bucks. He is at Cox Sports One, which is still my favorite Twitter handle of anybody on this network. That was very well played by, by you, Lauren. <laughs> But this Crossover Thursday episode is brought to you by Prize Picks, the easiest, most exciting way to play daily fantasy sports. Go to prizepicks.com slash locked on NFL. Use code locked on NFL, all lowercase, for a first deposit match up to $100. Biggest matchups, most important players coming up for you in just a little bit. But Lauren, let's start off with the biggest stories surrounding our teams. And as the home team, I'm going to defer to you to kick things off following a pretty brutal loss to the Green Bay Packers. So what is the biggest story surrounding the Chicago Bears right now? Yeah, it's it's hard to narrow it down to one thing because everything went wrong. And that, that's kind of the story here, right? It's that it's not just one thing. It's a little bit of everything. It was poor play by Justin Fields at times. It was questionable play calling at times. It was a lack of running game. Offensive line struggles, receivers not making plays, defense giving. I mean, you just start going across the board. It's like, oh, what do we need to fix? Everything. And that's kind of the problem. It's like, okay, the story is, can the Bears come out and like get their stuff together? Like, can they look themselves in the mirror and kind of shake out of it and say, okay, last week, for whatever reason, just couldn't really get out of the gate going. Can we settle in a little bit and look like the team that they thought they would be, you know, coming out of the preseason? You know, no one thought this would be, you know, a Super Bowl team by any means, but they weren't supposed to come out that poorly against the Green Bay Packers. And they got to figure out a way to just sort of lock in a little bit more, be a little bit more focused, not not give up so many penalties and beat themselves in a lot of the ways that they did against the Packers and get back to where if you're going to lose a game, make the other team be the one that beats you. Yeah, see, the the everydayers for Locked On Bucks know how I feel about Justin Fields. I'm going to forewarn all of the Locked On Bears listeners here. I don't like Justin Fields at all. Zero faith in that guy whatsoever. But that being said, I certainly expected a little bit better of an output for him in week one against the Packers. I I picked the Bears to win. I thought they were going to be able to get it done. So it was kind of surprising to see how that all shook out. And, and you take a look around the league and you see all these teams that it seems like every NFL team has that one other team that they struggle against for for the Bucs, it's been the New Orleans Saints. For Joe Burrow in the Cincinnati Bengals, it's been the Cleveland Browns. For the Chicago Bears, even with Aaron Rodgers gone, it seems like it's still the Green Bay Packers that they just can't seem to figure out. So I do expect a little bit of a bounce back for the Bears. Maybe not a huge one, but I certainly expect them to look better than they did uh, against the Packers. And, and I'll have to say, 
something that could help the Bears in this one is the biggest story surrounding the Tampa Bay Buccaneers, and that is the offensive line struggles. This is something that I was I was relatively confident going into the, the game against the Minnesota Vikings that was going to get fixed a little bit, but in that first half, Baker Mayfield was under duress a lot. Robert Hainsey, one of my biggest concerns now, is his inability to shotgun snap, and that could turn into some big-time opportunities for the Bears' defense. A lot of snaps to Baker Mayfield were down below his knees, and luckily he caught all of them, but the protection issues, the snap issues, the communication issues, a lot of that led to some really bad play by the Buccaneers offense. So I take a look at that offensive line. I take a look at the Bears' ability to generate pass rush. Maybe not so much last week, but over the past couple of years, they've been able to get after the quarterback. And, and I think that's kind of a, a mashup here of potential bad news for the Buccaneers. I, I will say the Bears' pass rush this season is a massive question mark and a big weakness up front. So this is going to be like the the movable object versus the stoppable force here because yeah, the Bears could not get any sort of consistent pressure on Jordan Love. He had plenty of time to sit back in the pocket and I imagine Baker Mayfield will be looking for something similar in this kind of a game and but but maybe maybe this is the kind of matchup that can get the Bears going a little bit more in the pass rush department, but I think both of these teams in that side of the trenches are little young and a little bit inexperienced and a little bit unproven there. I think that has the potential to be kind of a wild card here. Where if, if one side's group can kind of figure it out all of a sudden and this be the week that this is the matchup that they find the way to take advantage, that could be the kind of thing that can tilt the outcome of this game fairly significantly. I'm, I'm also concerned because I, I was just reading where I think it was an interview with the running back Rashad White who said Baker Mayfield picked up on the Vikings like uh, signals and was calling yeah. out their defense like from the line of scrimmage and knew what they were going to do all throughout that game. Like it felt like the Packers were doing the same thing last week against the bears. They were always attacking like middle of the field, always find ways to get players open really quickly. And I'm also quite concerned about them being able to pick up on what the bears do defensively. Cause it's not particularly complicated from a coverage standpoint. They're not trying to trick you all that much on the back end. They're just trying to trust their guys and their athletes to win their matchups. And it didn't work against the Packers with a bunch of rookie and second year receivers and tight ends. I'm a little bit more concerned when it becomes the likes of Mike Evans and and certainly a, a strong backfield in, in Tampa Bay as well. Like there's and Chris Godwin, of course, too. Like it's going to be an even harder matchup for the Bears in that regard, especially if Baker Mayfield can pick up on some signals. Yeah, well, and, and it'll be interesting to see if he is able to do that with the Chicago Bears. And if he does, is it going to take as long as it did against the Minnesota Vikings? It seemed like that didn't really pay off until the second half of the game against the Vikings when they were able to start fixing some things, but definitely something to keep an eye on for, for both sides of this matchup. But the biggest matchups in this game that are going to decide the outcome that is coming up next here on a crossover Thursday, part of the locked on podcast network, your team every day. Everyone should be empowered to care for themselves and their loved ones during the unexpected. That's why Jace medical offers the Jace case. The Jace case provides five life-saving antibiotics for emergency use and gives you peace of mind so that you are not just hoping that you have access to medication in an emergency. Jace Medical makes sure that you have medication in hand and it is simple. They handle everything from the online evaluation to licensed pharmacy medication delivery and ongoing consultation and care. 
Don't get caught unprepared. I just got my email from a licensed physician today that my Jace case is on the way. Save more than $360 by getting these life-saving antibiotics with Jace Medical, plus an additional $20 off by using code Locked On at checkout at jacemedical.com. That's J-A-S-E medical.com, promo code Locked On. Thank you again for making Locked On Bears and Locked On Bucks your first listen or view every single day. Every day, or be sure you are coming back tomorrow. Lauren will be able to finish looking at this game from a Bears perspective. David and I will be talking about the Bucks perspective leading in to the weekend. But Lauren, every game boils down to a few key matchups. And for the Bears to bounce back after that loss against the Packers, what is the matchup that they need? not just need to, they absolutely have to exploit against Tampa Bay. It's less about exploiting and more about making sure it doesn't go disastrously. Uh, <laughs> we saw this Bears offensive line struggle against the Green Bay Packers defensive line. For me, it's the big man in the middle of Tampa Bay's defensive line, Vita Vea. I mean, he's, he scares you no matter who your center is, but especially for the Bears right now. And actually, I mean, we don't know for sure if the Bears might not just make a change on their offensive line this week. That's how bad it was last week with Lucas Patrick as their starting center. He's kind of their backup, but he has to start because their left guard's hurt. They move their center to left guard. Regardless, Patrick was the guy last week and absolutely did not get the job done. Can't anchor very well against big, strong nose tackles. Happened to be going against one of the biggest and strongest nose tackles in the NFL this week. It was bad in the running game. It was bad in pass protection. And I think that the combination up front for the for the Tampa Bay Buccaneers scares me across the board, but especially the big hulking nose tackle against a center who's just he just doesn't have it. You know, he, he can be a fine backup who can fill in in a pinch. But for a full game against a really quality nose tackle, I'm worried about that pressure, like right up the middle in Justin Fields, face and certainly not being able to run the ball up the middle as well makes Fields job that much more difficult. Yeah, uh, that's something I, I don't want to dive too deep into it right now because, spoiler alert, I'm going to be talking about Vita Vea coming up in a little bit. So I'm definitely going to piggyback off of some of that. But your concerns also go back to kind of my concerns with the biggest story for the Bucks, the issues with Robert Hainsey. You have a, a rookie at right guard. You, you have this kind of mishmash offensive line that didn't play together a lot in, in the preseason. And it showed against the Minnesota Vikings. So, you know, we we're both coming from the same place here, Lauren, where we have concerns about protecting the guy who's going to be throwing the football for for the Buccaneers. For me, the the key matchup is the Buccaneers pass rush against Chicago's offensive line. And of course, Justin Fields. And when these two teams met in 2021, Todd Bowles dialed up some serious pressure on Fields. He was sacked four times, fumbled three times, threw three interceptions. It was it was a rough day. And three of the sacks came from edge rushers, but one came off of a safety blitz. And if you go back and you watch that Minnesota game, a lot of the pressure that was being dialed up, it was Devin White coming on a blitz. It was Antoine Winfield Jr. coming on a blitz. It was Christian Izian. It was Carlton Davis. It was corners and safeties coming on blitzes. So Todd Bowles dials it up from everywhere. Coming off of a week where he was sacked four times, and turn the ball over twice. Fields is going up against a defense that brought pressure from every possible direction in week one. They created three turnovers against the Vikings. So if the Bucs are going to win this game, they have to do that all over again. Get Fields 
in a, a, a bad mindset early, get him uncomfortable early, a little bit rattled, uh, especially in terms of his confidence that, oh, God, here we go again, and really create some chaos for the Bears offense. Yeah, we've seen Fields in the past struggle with heavy blitzing teams. You know, when that pressure really starts to bear down on him, he tries to do a little bit too much. He tries to force things a little bit and can sometimes also then like trust his legs a little bit too much to, oh, I can outrun this blitz. But when it's a cornerback instead of a defensive tackle chasing you down, even a fast quarterback like Fields, sometimes you're, you're not able to fully escape from that. I will say last week, the Packers blitzed Fields 16 times and certainly sacked him a couple of times on those plays. Uh, and, and forced a couple of bad throws in there. But he also went 9 of 11 for 96 yards and a touchdown on those blitz plays. When he was able to stay in there, see that the blitz is coming, know that I got to get rid of this quickly and find an open receiver, which was sometimes hard to do in, in that game. He showed some progress in that area that shows some signs of encouragement, but I'm not necessarily expecting that, that to translate to like, oh, he's going to be perfectly ready for Todd Bowles' blitz. No, the Buccaneers are going to get him a few times for sure. They're going to disrupt some things, and it's going to be on this Bears offense to – find ways to get rid of the ball more quickly and, and work some shorter, quicker concepts to try and counteract that blitz. But much easier said than done when even if you have two extra blockers in there to pick up two extra pass rushers, the Bears still couldn't block four with five. So I don't trust them to be able to block six with seven or anything like that. It's going to be they, they got they can't trust their offensive line, especially when extra blitzers are coming. Yeah, no doubt about it. And and. I'll full disclosure, I didn't dive into the all 22 or anything about or from the, the Bears Packers game, but I did hear a stat that only three of Justin Fields pass attempts in this game traveled 10 or more yards in the air was out of sheer curiosity. Was that by design? Was that uh, a an effect of how the, the Packers were playing defense, how they were covering guys like DJ Moore and, and, and the other receivers? down the field or, or was it you know just kind of a giant mess like like you've mentioned and it created issues for Justin Fields being able to have the time to look further than 10 yards down the field yeah it, it was definitely a combination of factors I think first and foremost Fields wasn't trusting his eyes downfield like he'd go through the progression and I, you could see him like look and he's looking at the receiver and it looks like the receiver's open if he can just you know throw an anticipatory throw and he would move past that and go come back to the check down when it was all said and done where it's like He's got to trust it, grip and rip it. It might not be wide open, but he needs to trust that it's going to be open when he throws the ball and he's still more of a see it, throw it kind of quarterback that hasn't made enough progress in that regard. But there were also a lot of situations where they're in third and 10. And so the Packers are playing super off coverage and there's just no one's open past the sticks. And, and they're intentionally trying to take that away because the Bears have had penalties and, and sacks and runs that didn't go anywhere to get in these longer down and distance situations where they're not going to let you throw deep in those spots, right? I think a lot of his deep success in the past has been, you know, they get second and one, so you can take a deep shot here and have a, have a shot to go downfield and be aggressive. But when it's third and long or second and long, you, you can't have some of those same opportunities. So some of it's game situation, some of it's fields, some of it was Packers doing a good job defensively to take it some things away, but it all added up to not a very effective performance. All right. Well, this Sunday, Lauren, who is the most important player for the Chicago Bears? For me, it's DJ Moore. If if the Buccaneers are going to blitz like crazy, you got to get the ball out a little bit quickly. And you need guys to make plays after the catch because there's going to be fewer guys back in coverage then. And so you got to get rid of it quickly, get it to DJ Moore and let him work after the catch against the Packers. Two targets for and only got two catches on those two targets for like 25 yards. They need to get the ball in his hands more. They need to make him more of a focal point. It didn't seem like he was even that early in the progressions all that often. Like they weren't trying to, they were using him more as a decoy and trying to get other people open and not 
forcing it as much to him. I'd say force it to him a bit more, make the Buccaneers have to tackle him consistently and maybe even stop blitzing a little bit more if he's having some success. So that to me, it makes him so critical for this matchup because he, he can be that guy who can take a, a, a three-yard slant route or a quick little curl, break a tackle and make it 10, 15, 20 yards downfield. Yeah, I mean, and, and there's certainly plenty of familiarity between Carlton Davis and DJ Moore having come from the Carolina Panthers. He's had some really, really good games against this Buccaneers defense, so I would think that he would be the focal point of the offense for Chicago. For me, my most important player for the Buccaneers is Vita Vea. Vita Vea has to set the tone along the defensive line, especially with Kalijah Kansi probably not playing. He re-injured that calf. That he injured in training camp, came back, played the first half against Minnesota, re-aggravated it. I don't think he's going to play. We don't have official word yet, but my my gut tells me that Kansi's going to be out for a couple of weeks. So now they have to look to Vita Vea to collapse the interior of that pocket, which he does really well, but he has to do it quickly in this game in order to create opportunities for the edge rushers, for those blitzers that Todd Bowles is sending, and if Vita's getting stonewalled. It's going to slow down everything on the defensive side. It's going to slow down the edge rushers. It's going to slow down the blitzers. It's going to slow down the secondary. Everything will go through Vita Vea's performance. So if you allow Vita to not collapse that pocket, not get that internal pressure, then Fields is going to have time to make plays with either his arm or his legs. And we know Bowles is going to rely on his defensive line and edge guys to generate pressure without bringing the extra heat. But he's also going to give the Bears plenty of looks where he is bringing guys, you know, linebackers, safeties, corners from all over the place and going to get after Fields, try to force bad plays like he did against Kirk Cousins in Minnesota and create turnover opportunities for the Bucs. So, it all starts with the man in the middle in Vita Vea. Uh, if he wins his individual matchup, then the rest of the Bucks defense is going to feast on Sunday. One notable injury update for the Bears, too, in, in, since you mentioned Kansi, uh, their slot cornerback, Kyler Gordon, their second-round pick last season, hurt his hand last week against the Packers. Yeah. The Bears still aren't given any real concrete updates, but that usually means not going to play this week. And it's a matter of, is this a multi, like is it a couple week injury or potentially an injured reserve injury as we you know record this on, on Wednesday gearing up for the game. So I wouldn't expect the bears starting slot cornerback, Kyler Gordon to be out there. And if you're looking for a vulnerable matchup to attack the backup, Josh Blackwell in, encouraging young player, but an undrafted free agent last year is definitely uh definitely ripe for the taking. That tells me that Dave Canales needs to put Chris Godwin in the slot a lot on Sunday, but what has to go right for each team to get the win? And we give our score predictions. That's coming up next here on Crossover Thursday. Prize picks is really simple to play, and I can make my picks and submit my entry in less than 60 seconds. Quick withdrawals, easy gameplay, and enormous selection of players and stat types are what makes Prize picks the number one daily fantasy sports app. Price Picks offers weekly promotions that can lead to big payouts, like Taco Tuesday. Each Tuesday, Price Picks discounts select player projections up to 25% to provide even more value. And now, Price Picks offers Apple Pay for quick and easy deposits into your account all season long. I had a rough week last week. I only hit two of my six. Thanks, Bengals. So I haven't put together my picks for this week yet. But if you think that you can do better than I did in only getting two out of the six, then go for it. Just go to pricepicks.com slash locked on NFL and use code locked on NFL 
for a first deposit match up to $100. Again, go to pricepicks.com slash locked on NFL. Use code locked on NFL for a first deposit match up to $100. Price picks, daily fantasy sports made easy. Wrapping things up here on a crossover Thursday episode of Locked on Bears, Locked on Bucks. And Lauren, what has to go right on Sunday for the Bears to bounce back and get to one on one and one on the season? I think it really does start with the Chicago Bears offensive line and kind of ripples out from there. Right. The offensive line needs to be more consistent. In, in run blocking, so the Bears can then get their running game going. If they can get their running game going, it takes a little bit more of the pressure off of fields, and they can work play action off of that to try and maybe neutralize either some of the blitz or some of the pass rush in general. And then if Fields has a running game and a little bit more of a play action game going and a better pass protection, he can be more comfortable in the pocket, can step up and deliver some of these throws and, and start to grow a little bit more as a quarterback in the way that Bears fans are looking for. And then, of course, then if the offense is doing better, there's less pressure on the defense. They don't get as tired. And it, it really sort of starts there and ripples all the way out. But it's about making Justin Fields' life easier. And that really starts with that offensive line up front. And, and like we were talking about with DJ Moore, too, where the receivers also need to make Fields' job easier by taking that catch, making some extra plays after the catch. I mean, teams are going to play the Bears off coverage. They're going to play deep and say, hey, you're not going to beat us deep. You got to check You got to check it down and try and dink and dunk your way downfield because we don't think you can go 80 yards on 12 plays consistently if you're only going to get you know <laughs> eight or six play eight or six yards at a time. So it's about it's about making it easier on fields, and that really starts up front with the offensive line. And I think the offensive coordinator can do a little bit more to put the quarterback in a better position. They didn't roll out fields very much last week. They didn't do a good job of helping the offensive line with extra pass protectors and and scheming up plays to get the ball into their weapons' hands. So it, it, not that not to absolve field of blame because by all means we talked about his struggles reading plays last week, but it'll be a lot easier if the offensive line and the offensive coordinator can also make his job easier because love you know love him or hate him right now. Fields is your guy, so you got to make it worth make it work with what you have at this point. Yeah, and and certainly everyone knows as much grief as as I give Justin Fields on on the Locked On Bucks podcast. My co-host David Harrison, big Ohio State fan, I like to poke at Ohio State players as early and often as possible. But you should we we know that Justin Fields can create magic out of absolutely nothing. So. You know, being able to put him in a situation where you do have DJ Moore contributing a little bit more, you do have Khalil Herbert, you know, gaining a few more chunk plays and and really setting them up for success on the down and distance instead of having to rely on him to sit back in the pocket and make these eight, nine, ten yard passes on third downs when the defense can tee off. You know, that's that's a recipe for disaster. You know, plain and simple for. For the Bears' offense, for that offensive line, for Justin Fields, it, it's a recipe for disaster. So you you have to help him out somehow and put him in a situation where he only needs a yard. He only needs two yards to move the sticks and continue to keep these drives going. I think he's, he's probably going to have a lot of trouble doing that in this game, but crazier things have happened. I also didn't think that the Arizona Cardinals were going to hold a lead over the commanders last week or that the Jets would win without Aaron Rodgers. So uh, for the Bucks, what has to go right is the offense getting into a rhythm a lot faster than they did against the Vikings. Baker Mayfield played relatively well, all things considered, but he was battling with very little time in the pocket, a lot of questionable play calling early on. 
And this week, they can't wait around until the second half to find that groove. It has to be quick, and they have to set the tone early in the game, find success in the run game to help things out. Rashad White and, and Sean Tucker, they had plenty of opportunity. They just didn't produce with the opportunity opportunity that they had. So now they need to be productive in those opportunities. Like I mentioned with Khalil Herbert, break off six, seven, eight-yard chunks to really help your offense going. And we all know an offensive line is going to start to play a lot better together when the run game is moving the way that it's supposed to. So. You put all of that together and uh, the Bucks get out to a fast start on Sunday, it's probably going to lead to a victory for the Buccaneers. But Lauren, we we both have concerns along the offensive line. We we both have concerns about you know some of the things that we saw last week, even though the Bucs came off a win, the Bears are coming off a loss. How do you see the final score shaking out in this one? Yeah, with as bad as the Bears looked last week, it, it's going to be hard for me to come into one of these crossover Thursdays and predict a win until they can actually like prove to me that they're capable of. I mean, obviously, really bad teams, but like if, if there's any sort of question about, oh yeah, this other team they're playing against is actually pretty good. I, I can't sit here and say, oh, the Bears are going to all of a sudden the Bears are going to figure it out now. Like I don't have enough evidence to say, like yeah, they're going to for sure turn it around against the Buccaneers. That being said. I don't think Tampa is a powerhouse opponent by any means. I think it's going to be a close game. I think both teams are probably going to struggle in, in a lot of different areas. And I, I think the way you, you talk about both offensive lines having issues, that, that means ugly football and that means ugly final score. So I'm going to throw something out like a 17-16 Buccaneers victory. And I, I think it's even one where it's like maybe maybe the Bears don't get that last touchdown, like a 17-9 for most of the game and the Bears score that last touchdown you know, late in the game, or maybe makes it a 17-15 if they go for two and don't get it. But, you know, that kind of thing where it's not it's not necessarily like a nail-biter the whole time, but it ends up being a pretty di- pretty tight final score and not a high-scoring ball game. All right, I can I can absolutely see that. In fact, I I had a guy on Locked On Bucks with me yesterday that said, we're going to talk a lot about Buccaneers winning ugly games this season because that's just, it feels like that's kind of how they're built, that they can grind these things out and as long as the defense is keeping them in it, the offense has enough to be able to strike and and win an ugly, nasty football game. Uh, I am going to go with the home team. I, I picked them to beat the Vikings last week. I said before the season started, they were starting off this year 2-0, and oh, much to the surprise of a lot of people. So I'm going to take the Bucs to win this one 20-10 in Raymond James Stadium. So... Bears fans, make sure that you are coming back on Friday to join Lauren for the final episode before the Bears take on the Bucks. Bucks fans, make sure that you're joining me and David Harrison Friday night live on YouTube at 7 p.m. for our final preview episode before the game on Sunday. Check out everything that Lauren is doing on Twitter at Cox Sports One and on the Locked On Bears podcast. Check out everything I'm doing over at BucksNation.com and on Twitter at JRCO underscore Bucks. Hope you all have an absolutely outstanding day. Stay safe, stay healthy, enjoy your Thursday. And thank you so much for joining us right here on Locked On Bears and Locked On Bucks, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. 